Hello, and welcome to Pointed Questions. My name is Brent Weinbach. With me is Donnie Devanian. Our guest today is Victor, who is a firefighter. We will be talking to him about fires and friendship on this episode of Pointed Questions. How long have you been a firefighter for? Uh, I've been with my current department for about 11 years. And then prior to there, I was actually a forest fireman for four years. Uh, is What's a harder job, working in a city environment or in the rustic rural environment? Well, they're definitely, uh, they're each difficult in different ways. Uh, obviously, in the mountains, you don't have as much uh, like traumatic experiences that you see and stuff like that. So you don't see people obviously laid out, hurt, and all that kind of stuff, and children and all those types of things. But the physical aspect of forest firefighting is definitely way harder, especially when uh, you're only getting paid like 11 bucks an hour. Those guys are seriously underpaid. Are, are the fire, do the fires act differently in those environments? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're way different. Uh, obviously, a structure fire, uh, they when they occur, they it's kind of an exponential thing. So a little room catches on fire, and then every minute it's doubling in size. So it's really based upon uh, arriving there very quickly and being able to act very quickly versus forests. Obviously, you're not going to throw your neck out to go save a bunch of trees. You know what I mean? So it's just kind or of- Or animals, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just fundamentally do, different. Do the fires have different personalities in in the two different environments? Uh, they do only because in a structure fire, you're obviously either inside with the fire in a, you know, in a compartment area. So- They're more threatening. It, they're in, more threatening, it, correct. Do you think that fires have personalities? Oh, 100%. What are some different kind of personalities you encounter? Angry. Angry. They're all angry? They're all angry. Are there yeah. any nice fires? No. No. <laughs> you, Unless maybe a campfire, like a, but you're looking at it from a distance. Do you right? ever look at a fire sometimes and think, oh, this this fire ain't nothing, you know? Like, do you ever think, oh, like, that's that fire no. thinks it's thinks it's something, it's nothing? Absolutely not. No, no. every fire is a threat. But every, even like a candle is not, not much. I mean, okay, within reason, sure, you know. <laughs> but uh, when we speak of fires, obviously I'm referring to more right, like right. things that are burning that shouldn't be burning. And right. that mentality of, oh, yeah, I got this, uh, is very dangerous mentality because generally speaking, uh, things go south when you're not expecting them to. So if you're not expecting things or waiting for them to go south, then uh, it's kind of too late at that point, you know what I mean? So Did you, you ever play with fire a lot when you were younger? All the time. That's. Do you think that's why you became a fire? <laughs> I mean, obviously, fire? most. I would say the majority of firemen are definitely obsessed with, with fire. fire. Yeah, wow. absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Did you ever light anything on fire? A ton of stuff. Did you have to have a fireman come down and put it out? Uh, no, but definitely, uh, I got spanked and grounded many times for lighting things on fire. What did you light on fire? My house, my carpet. Uh, <laughs> you I mean, did just, on purpose. I did, yeah. I mean, I was three, four years old. Oh, so, right. did you yeah. ever used to take apart firecrackers and stuff and play I with? To, I actually used to build them. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So most firemen are have they you were, are always they're fascinated with fire. Absolutely, and they're, they they yeah. played with fire a lot when they were kids. I would say the major. I mean, I wouldn't say the majority of them played with the fire, but uh, definitely, I think it's one of those things where when you become a fireman, fires are your craft. It's your passion. Like. I became a fireman to fight fire. You know, the the ninety percent of what we do is medical, and obviously helping people is in general in any way that you can is a big uh, reason that most people become firemen. But the primary reason is definitely to fight fire because it's something that you uh, 
you look at a fire and you just you want to conquer it. You know, you want to. In order to fight fire, do you need to understand how to make fire? And what I mean by that is not just start lighting something on fire, but do you need to understand how to make fire happen? Uh, I would say make fire no, spread. Not really, but uh, part of becoming a fireman is it's a very long process. Actually, most people don't realize that uh, the amount of training and education that we go through. It took me seven years. It took thirty-seven tests, uh, not counting the Forest Service when I was with them. But the process of becoming a municipal fireman is extremely, extremely difficult. Do you have to be physically? Is there a certain level of physical fitness that you have to be at yes. to be a fireman? And can you, if you're not at that level, you won't make it? Correct. Yeah. They won't a, let you in? Nope. There's an actual uh, physical agility test that you have to take uh-huh. uh, before you join any department. How much do you have to weigh? Uh, well, weight is really not the issue. Uh-huh. It's You have to accomplish. Uh, how, much do you, how much do you have to lift? You, even that, that's not, there's no set number. Like they say, you know, in the force, in the fire service, you have you know, fire oxes and fire foxes. So you got smaller guys and bigger guys and they both serve their different purposes. The little, on what you're doing. little guys can wiggle around. Yeah. Absolutely. So they're called foxes. Well, not really, but you know, it's just kind of like a, foxes and oxes. You say pretty much. Yeah. Hmm. Like smaller. Dudes, are you an ox? Dudes. Are you an ox? Are you considered an ox? He's an ox. I'm definitely a bigger dude. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm cause I'm wondering what the scale is, you know, because if you're a fox, I'm thinking, Oh wow. No, what's, no, no, what's no, an no, ox, no, no. you know? Okay. Oh my God. It, it, you're like 195. Me? Two, 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 oh, seven? Uh, 235. Oh, shh. <laughs> yeah. You 6'2? Six 6'3. Six uh-huh. Yeah. Are you a classic fireman? Uh, I'm not really sure how to define a classic <laughs> fireman, but. Well, you know, I mean, what, like, is there such thing as a classic fireman? You know, classic, I mean, classic guy who, you know, saves the day kind of uh, thing? Well, I would say in general, people have like a general idea of what they think a fireman is or looks like or whatever. Um, back, you know, 60, 70, 80 years ago, 100 years ago, traditionally firemen were bigger guys because obviously there's a lot of uh, physical strength needed to perform the job. All your gear, when you add it all up and you're carrying your tool, I mean, it's, it's around 80, 90 pounds of gear addition in, Wait, in what, addition to what you're going to go do in the fire. What are foxes for? Like tech stuff? Uh, they're kind of behind the boards? No, no. They're, they're, we're <laughs> they're doing, all in the same place, but... They're doing uh, computer especially stuff? Especially when it comes to like, you know, urban search and rescue, going into small confined spaces and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter how big you are. It's can you do your job. Is firefighting um, a masculine job? I mean, is there is there a sense of masculinity that comes with being a firefighter? Yeah. I, I mean, would. I'm sure there's women on the on the force or there whatever, are, but, sure. uh-huh. but is it, that, that's, do you feel a sense of masculinity as a firefighter? Yeah, I would say overall, definitely. Do you feel like more of a man than, than me, than say us? No, no, not at all. No, there's I mean, no, there's no sense of like, we're kind of like, you know, more warrior types than no, say other all. guys. I mean, anybody in civil service, whether it be the military, the police or fire, um, it's all kind of the same deal. You know, they're just different beasts that they're battling so to speak uh, sure do you think there are guys that are on in your department that do feel that way that are feel oh, well, more manly than other men you know, the, the fire service is funny it's kind of like uh it's kind of like anybody's regular family right in your family you've got people who act a certain way think a certain way and then you've got other ones that aren't on the same page so the fire service as a whole it, it's it's like it's like society it's like anything else so you there's right. not a particular uh, abundance of sort of machismo in in the fire department. It's just as much as there would be in any. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. Uh, the difference being that 
generally speaking, uh, different fire stations have a certain culture within the culture. Like the fire service in general has its own culture. We have our own customs. We, we have our own traditions. And even within each department, every station has its own little culture. So typically the more aggressive guys who, uh, you know, really get after it, so to speak, uh, they tend to kind of congregate in the busier areas of whatever city you work in. So like the, the places I've worked tend to be, you know, a, a collection of guys that are more aggressive in general. Oh, so you were in the more, usually work in the more, uh, yeah. ag- ag- aggressive. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. with, with aggressive groups. Yeah. Um, and, um, within that, uh, that more sort of macho, uh, I don't know, you know, group setting, is there a real strong sense of camaraderie? Oh, very, very strong. Mm-hmm. I've been with my crew for eight years now. How many in the crew? Uh, we have 10, 10 people. We have a truck company, an engine company, and a rescue, which is an ambulance. Um, and we've been together 10 years, so. Are you best friends? Yeah. I mean, we hang out on the job, off the job. Do you guys sleep in the, is it a similar thing where you guys are sleeping in this sort of dormitory type thing at the fire station? Yep. Is that a real thing? Yes. It's a 24-hour shift at a minimum, but often we work, you know, 48, 72. Or I'm sorry. How long is the shift? The, a minimum of 24 hours. Minimum of 24. How long? What's the what's a maximum shift? Uh, for our department, it's 96 hours. Wow. So you guys are kind of bunked up and then you, are you sleeping the the whole time in case you need to do something and then you spring up and yeah. Jump so in? so kind of the way it works is uh I mean the daily life is every day you come to work, you get there around 6:30 in the morning. Uh you put all your stuff, check all your gear, make sure everything's fire ready. And then uh I mean we cook, we go to the store. That's why most most supermarkets you'll find firemen at the store somewhere around 10:00ish. In the yeah. morning? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because we go shop together, and then you cook two meals for the day. Cooking is kind of a big deal. At the station? Uh-huh. And what are you guys eating? Uh, Eggs? I mean, Protein? You, fi- you find what's on sale. You cook lunch and dinner, and then breakfast is usually kind of like everybody shows up, eats leftovers, has cereal, whatever. Do you guys – do? is there the pole? Is that a thing that you guys actually slide yeah. down? Is that a real thing, or is yeah. it just – It's a real thing. Uh-huh. It's All for speed or what? It's for speed, yeah. Because if you're it's up, just a fast way to get downstairs. Any two story slash three story fire station is going to have a pole or slide. Why are you upstairs, speaking. anyways? Yeah, uh, for different reasons. All the dormitories in a two story station are generally upstairs. Do so. you have your own room, or is it you yeah. sleep? Oh, really? Oh, you do. So, so there's not. I've sort of seen this depicted in mm-hmm. I don't know cartoons and stuff, where it's you know it's just like a bunch of beds in one room. You know, like kind of like a right. almost military style or something. You yeah. Know? So all the stations used to be that way. Mm-hmm. It was just bunks. Yeah, and then, bunks. Uh, yeah, big open rooms. But uh, with gentrification or not gentrification, uh, modifications. You know, for females and stuff like that. Yeah. They're obviously right. uh, making all the changes to all the fire stations. It's required now. So they're so building, everybody has their own room. They're yeah. They're actually building rooms as we speak. We still have fire stations that are being converted right now. Did you have you worked in settings where they were it was bunks? Yes. Uh huh. What do you do? You, you obviously probably prefer your own room, uh, or do you like the? You know, it's it's do you like the camaraderie of well, the, the bunks. I do. The bigger problem is not really so much when you're sleeping because when you sleep, you sleep. But we used to have big locker rooms where everybody would hang out in the morning, get dressed for the day, and you know. A lot of a lot of like uh, hanging out with your buddies kind of happen in the morning, yeah, right. the afternoon. Everyone's yeah BSing around. When you were in the bunks, did you guys ever stay up late, just talking about 
life and talking about girls and stuff like that. I Absolutely. Mean, I mean, you're, you're it's kind of like about, a, it's kind of like a sleepover yes. kind of almost. At a minimum, a one, one third of your life is spent with the people you work with every day. Yeah. So, I mean, we are extremely, extremely close. Do you guys joke around a lot? All the time. Do you guys mess around with the equipment ever? Uh, is it for, for for fun? Do you mess around with the hoses and stuff? I mean, when we're training, you got to train hard, play hard. So, yeah, occasionally that might be a water fight or something like that. But but we take our job <laughs> wait, very okay. seriously. So, wait, when there's a water fight, yeah. what, like, are people getting blasted super hard with these hoses or what? Uh, sometimes. I mean, Isn't it hurt? Or? Nah, it doesn't really hurt. Oh, really? It'll knock you down. I mean, obviously, okay. you're not going to take a two-and-a-half-inch, like, large diameter hand line and just throw it on somebody because that could be dangerous. But the smaller ones, sure, you know? Uh-huh. Has anyone ever, as a joke, knocked somebody down with the with the water hose? Oh, it's happened, sure. Uh huh. Have you ever gotten injured by water? No, no, I've never been. Injured Have you been water. injured by fire? Um. Have you ever yeah. been burned? Uh, I've been burned. I mean, most firemen. It, it. So the fire service is interesting too, because depending on where you work, it's very different, right? Um, the city that I work for is a very busy city. Uh, there's a lot of lower income area, which generally equates to shooting, stabbings, more fires, more problems in general. Right. So, yeah, I mean, if you work in that kind of environment where you burn pretty regularly, I mean, you're going to get burnt, you know, uh, ears, where have you, Oh, where have you been burned? Like mostly around the areas that are more exposed. So generally, if you go to yeah. a fire, your ears and your neck are tend to, or, and oh. your hands kind of tend to. You, you have a, you don't have gloves on or something. Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're fully covered, mm-hmm. but a fire is a fire. Yeah, yeah. It's hot. It's hot. Right. Yeah. Uh, you reach a certain point in any fire where you kind of have to make a decision. Like, okay, I better nail this thing quick, or things are going to go really badly for me. You know, everything in the fire service is risk versus gain. Everything that you do. Because there's, there's an inherent risk to fighting fires. So constantly through your mind, the big thing that is going is risk versus gain. You know, Is uh, there ever a thought when that you think, okay, I could go back in to save this dog or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. and Or then you think it's not worth it. If I go in to save the dog, no. it's... it's you no. Oh, it's you, the mentality is I always have to save everything. Always. Uh-huh. So even if it's just even up, if, up if the, now, even if the odds are are that it's it's not going to survive or whatever the case may be, yeah. I I mean I I think that uh, in general, most people that do this job, um, they have that mentality. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna give up. Period. You know? Right. Obviously, right. I'm not gonna run into something that is gonna kill me instantly. Right. But again, the risk right. versus gain thing. There is no stopping. You know, you're gonna keep risking to gain as far as you can go. It must be a very fulfilling experience to be the hero, right? I mean, to be a, I mean to be a hero, right, and save people and well, save. Pets. It is fulfilling, but the hero word for again for the firefighters is uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of like a it's weird to me. They don't you know? like that. No, I think in general most people don't. They don't uh, like to be thought of as heroes. No, I, I don't think so. It, it's like anything in life, right? The the way I look at it is, I signed up to I have this job, and I'm a fireman. And I signed up to have a certain amount of risk, but understand that it's not like we're just a bunch of guys sitting around. Uh, we get hired by a city and then we just show up at a fire station. I mean, we study our craft tremendously. Uh, there's all kinds of education and training that goes into fighting fire uh, from a scientific level to a physical level to a mental level. I mean, we train for it. So it's not something I don't show up at a fire like scared. You know what I mean? You show up to a fire and you're like, okay, 
this is the situation I have. This is what I have to do to accomplish my goals. Have you ever been scared fighting a fire? I've had a few, uh, I guess, oh shit moments in my career. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not many. I don't know if swearing's allowed. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, I've definitely had a few oh shit moments. Um, <laughs> Again, if you work in a busy place, I think it's impossible not to. What know? was it? What was one of those moments? <clears throat> Just being real deep in a fire where you can't find it and it's getting really hot. You're getting pushed down to the floor. I think what a lot of people don't realize is when you go into a, a building that's on fire, you actually can't see anything, literally. Like it's put a scarf over your eyes and that's what you're looking at mm-hmm. because of all the smoke and everything. I think people, there's a misconception that when you go into a fire, you're looking at the fire and you're going to attack it. But if you, if you ever look at like buildings that are on fire, the volume of smoke that's produced, uh, you literally have zero visibility. So you're working blind, essentially. When, when you're on your way down to a fire, do they give you a map of the apartment or the place you're going to? No, no, but that's also part of the whole the whole deal, right? So we go on medicals 90% of the time. Like I'd say our, our firehouse runs, I don't know, roughly 14, 15 calls average a shift. Uh, so... Every area, every city is built in a general time frame, right? So the city that I work for, I already kind of have a mental layout of the buildings and how they're built, where the kitchen should be, where the bedrooms should be, mm. and all that kind of stuff. The downside to that is, or the other side to that is that a lot of these buildings, especially in lower income areas, get chopped up and like the big Victorian homes get chopped right. up into two or three units. So sometimes you hit a wall where there shouldn't be one, but... You know, that's all part of the deal, working around it. What percentage of calls are actually for fires? Or- uh, I'd say roughly like 10% or so. Oh, so most of them are not? Most of them are not. Most of what we do is medicals, uh, people yeah. having heart attacks. Have you ever gotten a call for a cat stuck in a tree? <laughs> that's funny. I have, actually. Really? Yeah. Do you, and, and you had to get, go up a tree and well, save the cat? It's kind of interesting. Uh, have you guys ever seen a cat skeleton in a tree? We were called, actually, to get a cat down once. Oh, we, yeah, we once saw a cat uh, up. That, it was actually up on a telephone pole or something like that, but it was stuck up there. But anyway, no, I have not seen the, the cat skeleton in a tree. You know? That's the point. If they get up, they can get down. <laughs> so we've actually responded uh, to calls see, for that. And, uh, you know, generally we're just like open a can of tuna, put it at the base of the tree, and the cat's going to come down, right? Oh, uh, you tell you just tell them that? Yeah, yeah. but there was one time where we actually, uh, there it was a park, and there was like, 20 or 30 kids around and we're like oh man there's this little kitten up there all right let's throw the ladder and go up there and sure enough i get up right within arm's reach of the cat as soon as i go to grab the cat he uh he jumps ping pongs all the way down the branches falls flat on his face and then runs off so it was okay at the end of it but the kids it kind of freaked him out so Uh uh-huh when you when you came back down off the ladder with the kids Get shaking your hand and stuff, or were they? Nah, were they, they were, were, they were cool. They're little kids. They're just losing their minds in general. I mean, do people ever get really okay? Actually, are there any? Are there any people on the force? Is it called? Is it called a force? Even though it's not. I mean, it's it's a the fire department as opposed to the police department. Yeah, I'd say force is usually more a reference to the police yeah. department. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? Like, what's the, what's your name for the force? What's the fire department's name for the force? I mean, it's really there's really no name. It's just the fire department. You know. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody in your department that does like to sort of bask in the glory of being a firefighter? You know. I mean, uh, the, I mean you're always going to have a show off or two. You mm-hmm. know. You got some in your unit? Not in my unit. No, not really. Uh, my department specifically. Again, we're uh, our culture is definitely a little more you know humble. 
in general, I would mm. say. Like, you see some guys will run around with their fire T-shirts on when they're running around Home Depot. And this oh, and that. just trying to show off a little bit? Not just show off. It's just they're proud of being firemen, which is fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But specifically my department, uh, it's like a big no-no to wear any kind of fire gear if you're not actually working, you know, we kind of pride ourselves in being oh, really? a humble department. Yeah. Do you have rival? Is there rivalries between departments? No. Or, or between units and stuff? No, not at all. Cause uh-huh. we're the best fire department. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, inherently like, you know, there is every, every fire department's got its own kind of personality. Um, you ever showed up to a fire in the other departments there already? Uh, yeah, we work with other departments. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I mean, is there ever any, tension about who who's taking this building and, and or stuff like that no not really i mean who, whoever's area it is just kind of runs the show and then mm-hmm. you supplement them however they need it uh i i kind of equate our department to like the bad news bears uh we're kind of like uh you know obviously you go to a lot of training classes even after you're hired to become you guys are like jokers but you get the job done or something exactly yeah. exactly like if you have a room full of firemen from different departments generally speaking our guys are in the back, you know, having the most fun. But when it's time to go to work, we go to work, you know. What are the, some of the hijinks you guys get into as kind of like the the you know, the more the Joker guys, you know? I mean, it's just, it's constant, you know. When you're with your buddies, it's just stupid jokes all day long, you know. Um, I, I think uh, the fire service in general, like, you do see a lot of really, really bad things. And the reality of it is, it's there's a lot of tough moments, you know especially when it comes to like children who are seriously injured or you see a lot of abused uh, elderlies and kids and stuff like that. So the only real way to uh, combat that is to have fun at work. Sure. You know? Yeah. That's really the only way to deal with it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you show up on a freeway and you've got people that are yard sailed out of their car all over the freeway. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, you have to have fun at work because if you don't, uh, have yeah. you seen some pretty dark stuff? I mean, yeah, have I you mean, have has anyone have you have you seen any dead bodies and stuff because of this on a regular basis? Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah the area I work has a uh, a lot of freeways next to it, so a lot of high speed crashes. Um, you know, people. I mean, they just hurt themselves all the time. Have you ever seen any deaths because of the fire? Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Has there has there ever been any people that? you guys weren't able to save from a fire and you, but they were alive when you got there, but then it just uh, didn't work out again, back to the visibility thing, you know, uh, when something's on fire, you show up and, uh, the primary thing that you're thinking when you're going in or, uh, I have to put the fire out and I have to see if there's anybody in here. I mean, that's, that's our main purpose, right? Um, so when you go in, you're constantly looking for people that are down and they, they tend to be down actually near like exits and windows and stuff like that. Cause people usually will try and get out of a building before they get overcome by smoke. Um, but there's definitely some fires where it's, it's too late, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you come across uh, somebody in that situation and it's too late, you just leave them there. You know, there's nothing you can do. Mm. Um, it's just part of the gig, you know? Have you carried all sorts of different kinds of people over your shoulder? No, we don't. Nobody that ha- doesn't happen. We don't carry him over our shoulder like in the movies. No, I mean that never happens. No, not you even a, even a kid or something. Uh, I mean, maybe a kid, but uh, you have to understand. I, again, people they just don't understand. Like, uh, if you have a fire inside of a building, you literally are on your hands and knees, and sometimes your belly if it's that hot. Uh, if you stand up, you will literally burn. Like, you cannot survive. It's that hot. 
our, our, our safety gear is uh, designed in a way to take a certain amount of heat. But when you're getting up four or 500 degrees, you know, it's, it's our, no gear is going to survive that. How come they can't create gear strong enough? You just can't. I mean, what about like on your helmet, some sort of spray that clears the smoke out so you can see better? Nothing? No, it's not possible. Nothing, no. huh? It's not possible. So literally if I'm going, if I'm inside of a building on fire, if you put your hand up above your head, uh, you'll burn your hand like it's that hot, you know? Hmm. So the hotter a fire gets, the lower and lower and lower you have to, you have to get. That's why when I, I think earlier I mentioned like, yeah, there's been situations where you're pinned to the floor. And when I say pinned to the floor, I mean literally like you're on your belly because if you go up two, three feet, you're going to burn. If you don't carry people out, how do you get them out of a building? You drag them out. Drag them. Yeah, okay. you got to drag them out, grab them by. I mean – there's a bunch of fancy things you can do with straps and tools, and but in the reality of it, when it's actually going down, the heat it, of the moment, you're just you're dragging. grabbing whatever you can and just dragging them out. What you, about dogs? Yeah, we, you drag dogs by their legs. Usually, dogs you can grab them and just kind of. When you, know, you drag somebody's up. body, is it is are you kind of what if what about their head and stuff hitting stuff or whatever things? I mean, like that. at that, that point, yeah, it just does. You, just, you, you really don't have. Uh, it's not a situation where them hitting their head is going to be their problem. Their yeah. problem is they're in a fire, mm -hmm. right? So realistically, yes, you try and accommodate for all those things and, you know, try not to add any more injury to anybody. Have but, you ever had to drag someone's body who was a bit too heavy to dr drag by yourself? Yeah, uh, generally speaking, it's it's tends to be a two to four person operation i mean oh yeah yeah it's not it's not easy to drag somebody out especially when you're on your hands and knees you have are, headsets to talk to the other other firemen that are in the in the building no or not, you just the, yell? not in the fire yeah you just yell yeah well we have actually uh we have microphones uh on the outside of our masks so oh. it's like a voice amplifier not a microphone it's a voice amplifier you're trying to get people out of the building are people ever in sort of embarrassing kind of situations during like, like a fire like, like naked not wearing naked clothes. or tied up or yeah tight or wearing some kind of leather outfit or something uh <laughs> you see a lot of weird things that's for sure yeah sometimes i mean it what's all what's varies. one of the weirdest things you've seen or something or something like that or embarrassing or i something. mean you name it we've seen it you know we have areas that uh like you've seen someone handcuffed to the bed uh yes <laughs> straight up yeah and what'd you do I mean, unhandcuffed them. And <laughs> Wait, with a key, or did you have to snap it off with the pliers? No, just with a key. But and the, were they completely naked and aroused? Yeah, uh, they had they had a low oh. blood sugar and they passed out. Wait, was this Don't, during a fire? No, that oh. was during a medical. Wait, so wait, so they, hold called on. The they called. They called. Wait, the they fire. called the fire department because because they were they were uh, handcuffed to the bed. Low blood sugar. So oh, low blood they sugar. They became unconscious. Yeah. Wait. What? So so someone tied them to the bed. And then, and then that person that was tied up passed out, and then that person that tied them up called called you guys because they. What yeah, did they I say? Mean, did they say, "Listen, I was doing this thing. Uh, it was just a science project. We were just." What did they say? You know, no, they, I mean, do they make up an excuse? Obviously, you know? people get embarrassed about things, just like everything in life, right? But uh, I mean, you just comfort them in whatever way. It's I'm I'm not. We're not there to judge. You know? Okay, but 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 do you guys ever kind of joke around about it after when you're back at the bunks? Yeah, you might make a joke about it later uh -huh. on. Right? <laughs> we're we're all human beings, right? Sure, funny yeah, is yeah. funny. There's yeah, no yeah. way around that. You uh -huh. know. Damn. So you just walked in and they're just tied up naked. That's wild. Is it easy to meet women because of being a firefighter? Is that like an attractive thing for yeah. women and stuff? Or is uh, it, as far as dating goes and stuff? Yeah, I would say definitely it's I, it's probably attractive to women in general. You know, the whole, I guess, uh, 
Go I on. mean, it's a good job. You know, you make uh, you make decent money. You get to help people every day. So I think inherently, uh, women are drawn to people who are doing good mm-hmm. and are mm-hmm. kind of and alpha males probably. Right. Yeah. So in that regard, yeah, I'd say firemen are definitely. And light. is it is it tempting to like wear your shirt to a party? No. Come on. Not at all. You but you, sneak. but but you're obviously you're probably not afraid to say that what you do for a living. Uh, it's actually kind of funny you mentioned that because kind of the running d- joke is you always tell them like you're like a trash guy or something like that. Really? You know? Yeah. I mean, oh, again, it's I'm also not trying to date somebody who wants me for my badge. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Huh? Oh, hmm. so do you usually you don't usually say you're a firefighter no. if you meet somebody? No, I'll just say I work for the city or whatever. Oh, no what, kidding. At what point though? Like if you're hanging out and two hours of passing it's usually talking. it's usually your friend that throws it out there. You know, uh-huh. right. that's that's actually kind of a nice look. Do you have a, a designated friend to do that? So that <laughs> no, no. no. Um, but they'll shout it though. Huh? You guys go to parties together? Oh yeah, yeah. You so guys, you guys go out after when you're not working. Yes, you guys hang, hang out, out all the time. You still hang out yeah. even when you're not working. Family oh, parties. You, we do a lot of activities together. We have like okay, so annual you, mountain bike trips, snowboarding trips. Uh, we go out to the desert and ride dirt bikes. We it, go to Las Vegas. I mean, there's there's a bunch of stuff. Even know? though it's not, you know, I guess not kosher or whatever to like tell someone what you do. Do is it okay for someone in your department to say it for you? You know, in not saying, not revealing themselves, but then just I mean, for the at, for the purpose of just getting it out there to, you know. At some point, I mean, you can't, you know, you're not going to lie to somebody either, right? So if they right. pry, they pry, and then you, it ends up coming out, so whatever. And you do, you, do you usually notice sort of a pleasing look on their face when they find out the truth? Uh, it depends on the person. Some some women don't like firemen. Really? Oh, really? They had a bad experience? Uh, probably. <laughs> but what are sometimes are women kind of just... Do, do they? Do you see their eyes get bigger and they they just go, oh wow. Sometimes, yeah, yeah absolutely, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... and um, what's what is it like with more women working for as firefighters as time goes on? How do how does certain men are certain men not into that or what? Uh, I'd say definitely some of the uh, the older guys in the department because women really haven't joined the fire service uh, in larger numbers until the last you know twenty. 20 years or so so the whole female firefighter thing is definitely kind of new so yeah. some of the older guys are uh not into it uh-huh. um i'll tell you the bigger problem for us right now is actually uh, the whole millennial oh yeah deal. yeah what about it um we tend to see a lot more people that uh are failing out of our academies uh hmm. they're actually they don't work as hard they tend to be a lot more entitled and in our job, you can't be entitled. Mm-hmm. Like you have to love your craft and study it because you love your craft. And and I think that over the last few years, we're seeing an abundance of people who don't want to work hard and go the extra mile because it's like everything, right? You could say, hey, take this book, uh, read it, memorize what's in it, and you got the job. Okay, cool. That's only phase one. Uh, if you're going to continue to progress and become like an advanced fireman with uh, – you know, a greater skill set. Well, you have to put in a lot of your own work. I mean, we have to know how buildings are designed, how they're built, all the different areas of construction. These are all things that you have to continuously study your craft, right? Well, it seems like a lot of the newer uh, members don't have that passion to or that drive to actually go out and put the extra work in. This makes me think of two questions. Well, one's related to earlier, but when you fraternize with your um, 
unit. Mm -hmm. Do you find it easy to fraternize with the female uh, firefighters or is it a different kind of energy or what? It's the same. Um, It's, (laughs) I actually, uh, I I find it easier and I see, I I find the women that have been hired in the last few years on our department at least, I'd rather work with them than a lot of the guys that have been hired to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. But you and you were able yeah. to joke with them in the same way and yeah, stuff. It's the same. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now about when it comes to younger, uh, younger members, mm-hmm. um, is there um, a, a kind of is there any kind of hazing almost or anything like that? Or you know what, there used to be uh, some of that stuff, but it's all kind of gone away nowadays. What, what is some, what is some of the hazing that Just, is involved? Like get, getting them hosed and stuff. Yeah, or? dropping buckets of water on them <laughs> off the roof, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff used to go on, but. It's really the fire service is changing a lot. Much, They're not allowed. much like society. Yeah, they're cutting down. They're uh, being pretty strict about that. Kind they're of being stuff. very strict about. Did that you get kind hazed? No. Did I get hazed? Yeah. I wouldn't call it hazing. Just I'd call just, it more yeah. initiation, right? You right. got initiated. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the other thing is part of applying stress to somebody, right? That's what we'll call it. Uh, joking with them, giving them a hard time. Those are all things that you do to apply stress to an individual to see kind of how they're going to react since we don't have fires every day you have to find other ways to apply stress to somebody mm-hmm. like even dropping water on somebody off the roof right some people would say well that's kind of stupid why would you do that to somebody well it also teaches you to look up every time you walk out of a building and looking up is part of looking for power lines when you're throwing ladders so there's kind of like a, a method to the madness that mm-hmm. people don't understand yeah. but you know that unfortunately nowadays you can't you can't get away with that kind of stuff. When the the sort of applying stress uh, process for younger people in the past, mm-hmm. was it all kind of somewhat related in a sort of Mr. Miyagi kind of way to firefighting or was some of it just totally just them just messing with them and, and not mean, even related, you know, like sure, like toilet well, stuff, you know, or, well, like, although I'm sure that applies in some way too, actually. Uh, it is kind of, if you want to call it Mr. Miyagi stuff, there is a mm-hmm. method to all of it, right? Yeah. There's a reason behind all of it. Uh, but at the end of the day, like everything, some people take it too far and we don't create, well, what, what's too taking it too far? Uh, I mean, taking it too far is when you're literally, uh, demeaning somebody without reason. I mean that demeaning somebody period is wrong, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of like, the general, like, the, the general saying is if they're fucking with you, it's because they like you, you know what I mean? So if someone's not doing well and they're struggling, uh, in their one year probation, you kind of leave them alone and you back off of them because you really need them to focus as much as possible. Right. And when someone's doing really well, then you continue adding jokes and stress and all that kind of stuff to kind of see how they react to those types of things. Had anybody ever, because of sort of the hazing ish kind of period, had they ever dropped out because of that? That that was too much for them Um, in the past? There's only been, I mean, I've had a rookie every year, since after I got off probation and I've only had two people quit and they quit for not because of that. It was other outside family stuff or whatever, you know, do people ever quit because of a traumatic thing that happens while they were in the line of, duty? Uh, I'd say there's a very small number of people that actually figure out they're scared and don't like to fight a fire claustrophobic and all that kind of stuff. But that's what the fire Academy is for. The fire Academy is to, test all of that and anybody that that's why we have the academy right so you go through the academy and if you can't cut the mustard you get basically let go on the academy mm-hmm. our academy is a point system so 
you're only allowed 110 points and then you actually are let go. Uh-huh. Mm. Um, is a, and that's for written exams and physical skills testing. So every test that you take, you you know, you get scored and based off of your score, safety mistakes or written question mistakes or whatever, then you actually accrue points and throughout that whole four month process, you pretty much point yourself out. Do you think being a firefighter is more physically demanding than being a police officer? Uh, no. They're a little, they're just different. Do you guys have a what's your guys' relationship with the police department? Our relationship's really good actually. Um, we have a very strong relationship with our I mean, we go on calls together all the time. So we work with each other side by side constantly. There's never rivalries between that. I all? mean, in a in a friendly kind of way, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But Do you guys ever have I don't know. B- I mean, you know, baseball I, games and stuff, or yeah. you know, stuff like that, or do fire versus police games. Yeah, you guys yeah. do that. Oh, oh yeah. Well, well, I mean, we've been on calls where we showed up and a cop was actually, you know, fighting with somebody, and we went in there and actually grabbed the guy off the cop. You know. Oh, nice. So we help each other out. Would oh. you physically grab uh-huh. him, or you? Uh-huh. Just... Oh wow. Yeah. And was the cop like, "Thanks, guys." Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah for I sure. wish. I wish my own my I own mean, team was. If was you're that tight. Well, it's just you know the cops are. We show up as a crew, right? There's a minimum of four of us on a fire engine or fire truck. So when we show up, you got four bodies right now. Whereas a cop shows up, uh, depending on what city they work for, it's one person. So if they get into it with somebody, obviously one on one. If they're bigger, that's a problem, right? So you have to deal with crime stuff sometimes. All the time. Uh-huh. On a regular basis. And have you come in physical contact with someone? Like lots, a criminal? Lots of people. Oh, what you if, you have to... De- oh, wow. Yeah, I have to deal yeah. with... I mean, we have to... Re- people swing on us, believe it or not. You yeah? Know? They, yeah, well, you'll walk into a situation where someone's on drugs, meth out of their mind, or you know, or just altered from low blood sugar or whatever, and people get violent. So, Have yeah. you ever gotten that, that axe? You ever use the axe? I use my axe on every fire. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> not for people, though, obviously. For, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Just breaking uh, doorways. Is the shit? axe heavy? Uh, no, not, not really. It's probably like 15 pounds. Total. Does everyone oh, really? have okay, their own yeah. ax? Uh, yes. Is it yours? Like specialized? Yep. My ax same is the same ax. The day I got hired, I went out and bought one. Oh, really? Oh, you buy your own ax? Oh yeah. Is it, they don't do you get... have, do you have anything engraved on it or anything? Uh, I just or... got my name like on the top of it. Do but... you guys have nicknames for each other? Nicknames? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. Cause no, I feel like I've seen that in fire movies, you know? Yeah. Everyone's got kind of handles. Yeah, every, we all got, I mean, yeah. It's, just, it's like being with your cousins or your buddies, you know? You call each other stupid names and yeah. it sticks. Usually uh, when somebody says something in the room laughs, then you're pretty much stuck with that name, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you like your name? And was it given to you by somebody else? Uh, I've got lots of nicknames. Oh, knows? really? Yeah. Do you ever want to buy a new axe? Like no. a nicer one? Like a, Not really. Do they ever come they out better? Sense. They do. Actually, uh, a few years ago, there's a company, uh, and they came out with like a, a newly designed axe. So lighter weight? No. You don't want a lighter weight axe. Oh, you want heavy? Yeah, you want heavy, obviously, to break things or whatever. Right. But, but just kind of like the angles of it is a little different. Do you want so. a little axe, too? Like No. Uh, to have extra? No. If you're going to use your axe, you want... Go big. Yeah. Go big or go home. <laughs> Where do you keep the axe? Uh, right on the hip. Does it's, it have? It oh. it no, I mean, like when you're not using it. Or whatever. Oh, it's it's just right next to you on the rig. So uh-huh. when you get a four bell, we call them uh, for structure fire or any other kind of fire, you pretty much throw the axe belt on. Have you it ever sits been, in a leather axe belt? Have you ever been asleep and the bell ring? Is it a bell that rings that wakes you guys up? We have like an alerting system, but yeah. What's the? It's not like a actual Two, bell. Like a, no, a, there's like, like a, a school bell kind of. There's thing. like a little uh, box on the on the ceiling. 
and in each room and different colors for different rigs so the red one's for the engine the green one is for the truck the blue one's for the rescue so that thing will actually just turn on and it'll beep twice for anything other than a fire if it's a fire that's why they call them four bells because it beeps four times Mm -hmm. it's loud oh yeah Uh and have you ever been dreaming and you just get woken up and you're just you're kind of still thinking about some crazy dream you had and but you're kind of trying to focus on you know oh it happens all the time i mean uh, even if you sleep in like a different room than you're used to and you come out the door, like your body, when you're in the middle of the night, it's programmed to do a certain thing. Right. So my room, usually I come out of my door and I make a right and I make my way down the hallway. Well, if I sleep in the opposite side, I've made a right and ran right into somebody just because I'm Oh like, really? You yeah. hit somebody? Wow. I'm like a salmon going the Does wrong way. Does that happen a lot when people are a little disoriented because yeah, of just getting sure. woken up? Yeah. I mean, think about it. You work, uh, three days in a row. And then you have one day off and you work three days in a row. I mean, we're, we're one of the biggest battles we face in life really is just constantly being tired because we work in busy areas. Yeah. So you're up all night. How long. many, and then in a week, how many shifts do you have usually? Well, it's like one week every other day and then four days off and then a week every other day and then six days off. So it rotates back and forth. But again, uh, you work extra days all the do time. Do you get so. much sleep when you're in, during a shift? No, not a ton. I so mean, do you, are you working off of one or two hours of sleep sometimes or something? Oh, on a regular basis. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. One or two hours? There's there's days where you you'll you've basically been up for like three four days in a row. Are people ever getting delusional because of that? Uh, you feel that way sometimes, but oh. the thing is with fires especially or like any kind of serious emergency, you get a little bit of an adrenaline rush, so that kind of straightens you out, you know. Oh. But yeah. firemen actually suffer uh, four times the cancer risk of most people well because of the fire stuff yeah. heart attacks and everything else uh our lack of sleep and all the stuff that we come across smoke wise yeah we have much higher rate of illness than most people do you get normal kind of small sicknesses a lot or what uh like we, colds and i mean stuff? we're exposed to colds and flus every day so yeah so you, know, I mean, you get oh, a rundown so, quite a bit you know oh you so you, firefighters do get sick a lot oh yeah I, i'd say it's i mean are, are they people, sick most of the time I wouldn't say most of the time, but uh, you're just in contact with people with every kind of disease and mm-hmm. sickness you could think of every day. So, yeah. and you don't have, and you don't have a lot of sleep and stuff. Right. Yeah. So you just you get run down. You know. Are there things that firefighters do, like take emergency and stuff, or we actually have it as a staple item at, <laughs> at our station. We have a whole drawer full of it. You try can. Well, when one guy gets sick. In the station, we try and like quarantine him a little bit. Say, Dude, oh, really? Get out of here. Go to your room. You know, <laughs> stay in your room. We don't want to deal with you. But uh, yeah, generally speaking, one guy gets it. And if that guy get if it, if you guys kind of tell him to go to his room, does he get sad that no one wants to hang out with him? Uh, who cares? He's in his room. That's his problem. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have Zycam? Do you guys use that? Uh, nah, not really. I mean, some guys do. Uh huh. It's a personal thing. Whatever. Are are there some? Are there any guys who are just immune to everything and they just seem bulletproof uh yeah but that's are you ever kind of thinking what's up with this guy he just seems like a almost like a robot or something yeah we got a few of those guys (laughs) like like what's up with them yeah they're they never get sick they're good at everything and you're like you son of a bitch (laughs) why are you excellent at everything you do and those guys like that are they what are they humble or are they not or what that's that's person to person basis Uh you know uh, that's just a personality thing. It's just, that's society. You know, some people are humble, some are not. I'd say my department specifically is a more humble type of culture, you know, in general. 
uh, it's one of those things where I think if you work for a real busy fire department, you don't have anything to prove because you work, you go to fires, you do your job. And I guess if you work for a smaller fire department, sometimes, you know, you don't actually get to fight as much fire and stuff like that. So what's, what's one of your most proudest moments, um, fighting fires? Oh, my proudest moments. I don't know. I've never even thought about that before. I mean, uh, is there any, there's no particular time you can think of that you felt really fulfilled, uh, particularly fulfilled or I mean, particularly like some, you felt some sort of sense of real. Well, yeah. I mean, I would say in general, when you actually save somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that's, was there any particular saving of somebody in particular that sticks out on your mind? No, I've had a couple and they're all kind of the same. You know, when you actually, you, we trained to do this job to save people's lives at the end of the day. So when you actually are able to perform your job and actually save somebody's life, um, it's pretty awesome. You know, we had, we had a guy who actually crashed in a plane and, uh, three of the other people deceased, but we pulled one guy out and, uh, I, I'd I'd say actually that was one of my prouder moments. Yeah. We pulled a guy out, we cut the plane open. What kind of plane was it? It was a small, smaller, like King air, like private aircraft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, after cutting the plane open and getting him out, I mean, I thought there's no way this guy's gonna live. You know, he was hanging on by a thread. We were breathing for him. What, what was deal. what was wrong with like what what did he have going on that was? Uh, I mean, his how, entire how was skull was exposed. Wow, it was like a big cap that kind of cut off his head. Wow, and multiple broken bones and injuries and punctured lungs. You name it, he had it. Um, we actually six months later got to meet him and his whole family. So wow, oh my that god, was, that was pretty awesome. He was actually up and walking and talking to us. How so. old is he? Uh, he was probably in his fifties. Wow. Was it super emotional? Uh, yeah, they were pretty emotional. Yeah. Do Do you get emotional on stuff like that? Um, I mean, not really. I think most of us uh, that are firefighters tend to kind of bottle up our emotions quite a bit. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's it's not really the kind of job where you can be outwardly emotional. If we got emotional about every call we went on, it'd be a big problem. You know, I've had a couple calls. Uh mostly with children that, you know, they remind me of my niece or nephew. And I had a second where I was just like kind of stunned, like, oh my God, you know, this is like. Oh, yeah. Do firemen cry? Uh, I'm sure they do, yeah. I mean, do you ever. I'll never admit to it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen someone cry because of something? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, when we go on particularly difficult calls, we have a, what we call a CISD team, Critical Incident Stress Debriefing. So oh. when we go on really like really gnarly calls, um, Generally speaking, those units will go out of service and they have a, a special team of specially trained peers that will actually sit in a room and talk about it and, you know, kind of get it all out on the table because we're not real outwardly emotional. Right. right? So yeah. they created these teams. I mean, I can't talk to somebody who hasn't done my job about what right. I'm going through. Right. So that's why we've trained our peers who mutually we do the same job. We know if he's asking me a question, I know that he's done the same job. That's so you know? smart. Yeah. Um, what's what's a really gnarly situation? Um, like a little kid that fell out of a third-story window and smacked right on her head, you know, mm. three years old. It's just Ugh. stuff like that. You're, yeah. you know, it's it's a mess. You show up on scene, there's people everywhere losing their minds. Um, you know, the parents are losing their minds. What are you supposed to do in that case? Uh, like what's your case, job in that situation? Well, realistically, uh, our job is not really to save people per se. It's more to keep them alive, to get them to the hospital. 
because when somebody is seriously injured like that, what they need is a doctor. They need emergency surgery. Our job is to keep them alive long enough to deliver them to the emergency room so they can get the care that they really need. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, uh, we call it diesel. That's what they really need. We need to scoop that person up, get them in the ambulance. Uh, we do have some medications and some. Uh, we do perform certain things to keep them alive. Oh, you do too? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And then uh, we get them to the hospital, and then obviously from there. Do you ever drive the truck? Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- does every member of the team have to know how to do every part of every kind of job? Every department's a little bit different, um, but there is a captain, there's an engineer, and then there's your firefighters, right? Well, your captain is obviously the guy in charge with the red hat. Uh, the engineer is the guy that actually drives, and that's a promotional position. So after oh. six years or four years as a fireman, you can actually take the test for engineer. Is that a sought after position? Yeah, I mean it's a promotion. Yeah. Is it stressful to be driving like that, siren on, cutting through? And is there, no, there's someone really. there's someone steering the back of it too, right? Yeah, I, I, that's currently that's what I do now. Um, uh-huh. You know, in our station we have an engine and a truck company, and it's it's called a tillerman actually. Tillerman. He, he tillers the truck. He drives the back of it. So uh-huh. the fireman at my station, we rotate through that. Is position. the fire truck ever kind of swinging back and forth all the time? It is. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The reason they do that is, you know, you see a big rig pull out onto a street and make a turn. He's got to go super wide, right? Well, that's why the the wheels of the big truck, we can turn the back so we can cut short corners and stuff like that. Get in the alleyways. It's an access thing. I mean, is there any element of it that makes you feel like you're playing a video game when you're driving the truck? You're driving the (laughs) video game? Yeah, the tiller. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty damn fun to be back there. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Are you listening to music or is it more like... Uh, We have have a stereo, but it's really not that loud because we're listening to our dispatch all the time. What kind of music is playing? (laughs) Depends on who's driving. Okay, say you're the tillerman or whatever. Uh, It's called a tillerman? Yeah, the tillerman. The tillerman does... Yeah, I I listen to whatever's in the cab because... That's what's playing over all of our headsets. Okay. Yeah. So whoever's driving tends to pick the music. What do they pick? Usually, <laughs> you name it, they pick it. You know, uh-huh. everything Paul from Simon, Lackeys to country music. You know, uh-huh. it's it's across the board. Yeah. I mean, I mean we get, we got guys that are from every walk of life, all parts of society. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very diverse group. Would you like to be driving the front at one point? Uh, that's not something that it's called I, engineer. That's uh-huh. what, yeah, Originally yeah. I wanted to, I had kind of like a, a plan laid out, you know, 10 years as a fireman, five years as an engineer, but I've actually decided I don't think I'm going to do that position only because when you're the engineer, you can't go inside on fires for the most part, unless it's, oh, big you fire. can't go in. No, because you're the guy that actually controls all the, the you actually, you, you you're control the hose. And yeah. Stuff? You're controlling water pressures and who's getting water and you're, you're like a logistics guy or you're a behind the scenes guy. So you're doing everything to make sure. That Do you think those, those jobs are better suited for foxes? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, I got one. When you get to the fire, you get to a fire, the building's on fire. Is there an order uh, who goes in first or is it just whoever gets there? Or yeah, is it like it, sm- some places are smaller so then you would throw in the fire? No, actually uh, our department has a very, uh, it's like organized chaos. We have each position has a specific task they need to perform. So, the guy that sits behind uh, the the captain is called the nozzleman, and then the guy that hits, sits in the behind the engineer is the hydrant guy. So if we go to a fire and we need to take a hydrant, the guy in that number three spot already knows I'm the hydrant guy. So when they stop at the hydrant, there isn't even any verbal anything. Mm-hmm. Just say, "Hey, take a hydrant," and the one guy gets off. What about going in, entering the building? Same thing. Oh yeah. Uh, you guys have a designated order ahead of time. We do, and yeah. the way it kind of works is the newest member. 
when you're on probation, you get the nozzle every single time. You're yeah. the one that pulls the line. Obviously, if it's a bigger line, you help the guy. But when you're a new member, you're on the nozzle, you're on the tools because they want you to get the experience. Once you're off probation. So they kind of just throw you in. When you're new, they throw you into the harder spots oh, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, you put them in the busier places. The nozzle is holding the, the right. front of the hose. Mm-hmm. Is it hard to hold the hose? I mean, Def- yeah, it's, it's not. I, it's not easy. I mean, is I mean, it? It's a skill. If for somebody sure. like me held the hose, would I just be? Would I just would be thrown over? I would just be I mean, thrown over on the floor or something the without any training. Yeah, it would kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. But uh, obviously, that's. I mean, that's is the, the, whole thing. the is the hose just kind of just going crazy when there's water going it through? Will. It? I mean, it just yeah. Going if, all- if you lose your nozzle and it's open, uh, it'll knock you out straight up. Because has it, anyone ever gotten hit in the? Like face with a nozzle, yeah, so? oh, for right. sure they have. And got yeah. no- they've gotten knocked out, stitches, the whole deal. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many? So how many guys does it take to hold the the hose? It I depends mean. on the size. So we have like an inch and three quarter hotline. They call it, which is um, it's already pre connected. You know, one hundred fifty foot, two hundred foot, three hundred fifty feet, two hundred fifty feet. We have different size hoses already pre connected and ready. So when you pull it off then all they have to do is pull the gate to give you water. So depending on the size of the hose, not just the length of it, but it's more so the diameter. The we'll say the biggest hose, it takes how many men to hold uh, it or, and women? To actually whatever. fight fire, I mean, you could do it with three or four, but to be effective with a hose line on a larger diameter hose line, you're going to need two companies on that hose. Really? Yeah. You So you need... You need, what, 20 people on the no, hose? No, two companies oh. is like eight people. Oh, oh, oh okay, I yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. But... Again, understand wow. that it's one thing if you're going in a straight line to put water on something, but it's never like that. You're going around corners, and every corner you hit, you need somebody at each corner mm-hmm. to advance that line. Everyone's right. got to be pulling. It's, it's in a straight, it's, say in a straight line, yeah. and you're dealing with the lar- largest hose. Mm-hmm. You think like, I mean, not think, but you usually use eight. There's eight guys even holding that. No, right? if or, you're just holding the hose, and you could definitely do it with a couple. Yeah, you know? uh, but. Have you ever? That's been, not how we fight fire, you know. Have you ever been thrown off balance because of the hose? Yeah, but I've never like lost a hose line or anything like that. Uh-huh. You know, it happens. Does this is the hose scary? No, <laughs> no, it's not, not scary. Uh-huh. And the hose is the least of your problems when you're in a fire. Obviously, how thick's the tube? How's what? How thick? Uh, inch and three quarter. That's not that's, that's that big. For, well, actually. that's for the that's, smaller one. Oh, oh no, how, not, how, not, how big is this? The, the larger range. one is two and a half inches. That still seems well. I guess that seems pretty. Wait, are we talking about the stream? Yeah, I mean, no, that, he's talking that's about the, the, that's the width of the, of the of actual the, hose of the hose. So, hmm. yeah, I um, mean, you're looking at like you know 250 gallons of water per minute. So yeah, that's a lot. Oh, wow. Do you do you want to be a captain? <clears throat> yeah, I do. That's sort of the next step for you. That's going to be my next step, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. Damn. I'm actually going to start studying for that. Uh, I'm going to start studying for it now Today. for. The next test, which should be like a year and a half. Do, so, because you get thrown into the hardest stuff first, mm-hmm. does the job get easier? Well, also, the job obviously gets easier probably through experience. But right. does it also does your position get a little easier too as time? I mean, goes on? it does. Like like everything you do in life, right? When you do something on a regular basis, uh, you get better at it. Yeah, you know. But I mean, aside from that. It, just even your job is not as as demanding, maybe as or uh, as you well, get as you get as you get higher up on in the, well, in the ranks or what? That's the thing. It, no, it, it's always demanding and it's always difficult because what we do is never the same, right? Uh, no two fires are the same. Uh, we constantly see things that you're like, oh my, I've never seen this before, you know. 
and you draw on experiences from other calls and other situations to handle it. So it's that's kind of part of the thing about being a fireman too is you, it's it's constantly a new challenge. It's something new. Mm-hmm. You know, the majority of what we do, medical calls, a heart attack's a heart attack. So we have, you know, you get better at those things. It just becomes fluid. Why is easy. the fire department called for medical calls? I mean, why not uh, paramedics or whatever? Well, we are the paramedics. Oh, you are? Okay, yeah, that's yeah. the other thing people don't tend to realize uh-huh. is, uh, especially here in Southern California, um, the West Coast actually in the United States is kind of at the forefront of the fire service as far as uh, being more of an all-risk department. Um, so we, we do all medicals. That's part of your job when so you become a fireman. you're a paramedic also. I'm not a paramedic, oh, okay. but I work with the paramedics on every call. So when you become a fireman, uh, at some point, usually they will send you to paramedic school. So all paramedics were firemen at some point. They're still firemen. It's just the difference is this. They basically are able to administer drugs, whereas I cannot administer a drug to somebody because i haven't got a paramedic all the other skills though are something that you have too right yeah Uh we're all we're all emergency medical technicians we're all trained to the medical level but we don't actually push drugs the paramedics push the drugs Mm -hmm. i don't want to be a medic because then you have to ride on the ambulance and when you have to ride on the ambulance then you don't get to be on the nozzle and you don't get to be on the roof cutting a hole in it so right i want to play fireman i don't want want to play yeah is it hard to plug the hose into the the fire hydrant no, it's not too hard. You just screw it right on. What are the uh, tools you got on your, with you instead you, of the axe? Also well, we carry a, a variety of hand tools, like all kinds of. We have a couple of different kinds of pliers, screwdrivers. Because again, like we're not just going to fires, right? We're going to car accidents right. when people can't shut off their water. Uh, you know, you have to know about water heaters and plumbing and electrical and everything else. You prefer to have fire calls, right, over the medical calls? Oh well, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's that's the main. That's the number one passion. Yeah, right. Fire. It's about yeah. yeah, fighting fire. By the way, that, this, I, went, I wanted to ask you earlier: Has anyone ever accidentally fallen down the 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 pole yes. hole? Broken legs. It's happened. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So, the, especially if you in, grab that thing with wet hands, there's no stopping. Uh huh. Um, and has anyone ever sort of you know being kind of disoriented because they were just sleeping? accidentally just sort of walked right into no, right into the hole i wouldn't know? say they've actually walked into it because yeah. they're very specific it's like it's literally a room you know it's kind of funny i did my first ride along with uh the glendale fire department actually when i was an emt and in training i wasn't fireman yet so i go upstairs i put all my stuff in the room and i'm just i'm just a civilian riding along and they get a call and the guy knocks on my door and he's like hey man hit the pole and i was like the pole you know <laughs> i walk out of the door and literally there's a door that says pole hole and you open it. And oh, is, wow. You know, oh, there's yeah. a door for it now. Yeah. So it's not just an open thing. No. There, there's, oh. there's there's like a little room uh-huh. where when you go through that door, you know that's what you're going. Is to. that is going down the pole kind of scary? No, it's awesome. <laughs> How high and, is it? It's just like two it's stories. stories. Uh, the biggest one we have is probably 25 feet. There's actually a two-level one. You have to drop one down 25 one level feet? and then go over and drop down the other is there one. A, oh, wait, you, you switch over to a different pole? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a, a ping pong table in that room? There is a ping pong table at that station, actually. Real quick, going back to the pole, is it? Uh, do people ever like burn their hands or or anything? Or did, uh, yeah, you, do you ever yeah. get any kind of like um, nothing serious. friction burn or something? Yeah, like nothing that? serious. Yeah. I mean, usually use your foot on the pole to slow you down. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And how do you, do you clean your? How do you do you dry clean your fire suit or how does that work? Uh, our fire suit? No, yeah. we have special washers for them. Oh, really? Yeah. They're called extractors, but it's a special. How system. many suits have you had? 
Uh, I'm on my third set of turnouts. They call it, they're called turnouts. Does anyone ever have any kind of OCD kind of stuff on the uh, in the department? Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, do they ever get into a a, a place? Say it's a medical call or whatever the yeah. case may be. Are is anyone ever kind of germ germophobic and stuff? Oh, like there's that? a ton of germophobes. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, how do they deal with uh, yeah, just, be, doing the job? You know, just wash your hands constantly. Uh huh. Are yeah. people ever? Are guys certain guys ever uh, weird about? You know, like say sliding down the pole after all these other guys have slid down the pole. And There's, it, like again, uh, the fire service is a snapshot of society. So yeah, you've got people that freak out about. Uh, everyone's got their little idiosyncrasy. Idiosyncrasies that they, they've got their. You know, like when I show up at work, I have a very specific process. I need everything in its exact place so that. Oh, so you kind of OCD too, a little bit about certain I, I, organizations. I mean, yeah, when yeah. it comes to like the firefighting aspect of it, we have to be that way with our gear because mm-hmm. you have to be fire ready at all times. Mm-hmm. If it's not put back the same way in the same position every single time, it's because of waking up in the middle of the night, going to use a tool. You, you pretty much program yourself to make sure that everything is always the same. And that's part of, you know, rogue memory. Does anyone ever disinfect get like what disinfectant wipes on say the pole or whatever before well, we they clean slide. the pole once a week we, okay. we polish it it's brass so it gets polished once a week uh-huh. yeah i mean the majority of guys are not germaphobes but yeah there's always a couple right. you, ever, you ever have visitors at the station mm-hmm. yeah our families family and friends uh-huh. yeah my nieces and nephews and my sisters and yeah Do my you parents get, were just at my fire station with my aunts just uh last weekend but are you kind of thinking you that you don't want people to really visit you because you, you have to sleep and stuff. No, we we love having visitors. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you guys are how often are it, ride along? It's a very family oriented environment. I mean, it's it's pretty much your second family. So mm-hmm. how how long are ride alongs? Uh, no, how how uh, easy it is to do a ride along. It's pretty easy. For any I mean, you, any you call civilian? up uh, you can call up any headquarters of any fire department and request uh, a ride along. Is it dangerous to be doing a ride along? No, no, I wouldn't say so. I know. No. Oh, you do it. Yeah. yeah. Can you sit at the at the near the tillerman when you're uh, not in no, the not the tillerman no, okay. not unless you're training. There's an actual seat that attaches to the outside of it, so you sit outside, and then the guy training is next to him. Is there a, a ladder guy who de- there's who deals with the ladder and stuff? The firemen throw all the ladders uh-huh. uh, the, on the big truck. The engineer he throws the ladder like the big hundred foot aerial ladder. He's the one that actually. We'll throw it to a building. Are there ever any any fights that break out between uh, firefighters? There have been in the past, yeah. Just personalities clashing. Yeah, and... definitely. There's, you know, it's like everything else. You got personality conflicts and problems, and guys get moved to different stations sometimes. And, and, and I would you, say it's not the norm, yeah. but it does happen. Have you ever had any beef with anybody in your unit? Uh, like, sure, I have. Yeah. Have uh, you thrown? Have you guys fought? No, not physically. Just, just arguing. No, just yeah. Ever after a case, like you didn't like how they handled something, and afterwards you're out in the lawn near the. It's a. Uh, it's just a very screaming at them. We're a very vocal group, so uh, our our department again, we kind of pride ourselves in uh, in being, you know, professionals, and part of that is you get called out on your mistakes. So when you screw something up, everybody knows, and the peer pressure is part of the drive to get better and continuously do your job well because you don't want to let your team members down that that's part of the deal you're part of the team so if you if one guy screws up the operation he's screwing everybody else over so that's part of the drive to make sure you do everything the way you're supposed to do you guys think of yourselves sometimes like a sports team or something definitely that is such a good question definitely i i truly feel that we're like uh we're basically professional athletes i Uh mean uh we have oh sorry go ahead we have to work out constantly like you know 
people joke like, oh, you firemen sit around and you work out. Well, we do. But when, when you're there for 24 hours, you have to. You have to be in shape. There's a gym at the, the fire station. We yeah. do. We have a gym, yeah. yeah. Is everyone on uh, in the unit like an athlete at, at some point? Or were they an athlete? Uh, not everybody. Were you an but, athlete? Uh, I was not an athlete, but that's because my high school career didn't involve sports and involve ditching and <laughs> screwing off pretty much. So <laughs> And starting fires maybe. Yeah, but, I, but I've been in sports you know, growing up, and I'm a mountain biker and a surfer and a snowboarder and all that kind of stuff. Right. But, yeah, our job is very physically demanding. But also just even the way you're going to attack a situation, mm-hmm. you have a, a, almost like a, 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 a play, right? Yeah. Almost, no, like, we do. You, you, we do. It's similar there, to- there's, and since I've been with my, my uh, crew for eight years, like it's like an organized it, – it's literally me and the other firemen when we're working together – we just look at each other because we know each other so well. We, it's like a dance. You just operate around each other, and you already know it's a system, and mm-hmm. it just works, you know? Who's the, is there a coach, kind of? Well, I guess the, the captain, captain. The captain would be like, Isn't there you know, someone besides? The captain's like the dad at the fire station. Is, so. How old is the captain usually? Uh, it varies. I'd say anywhere from, like, early 30s to, oh, uh, you know, 50. Uh, who is there an older person at the station that's not the captain? That's yeah, high, yeah. There's they always don't, they the, don't go on the jobs, but they're there at the. No, there, I mean, there's always a senior guy at every fire station. The guy who's been there the longest uh, time on the job is a pretty big thing with us. What's so. what's higher than the captain? Uh, battalion chief. What is it called? A battalion chief. What's higher than that? Uh, just chief. A regular chief. We have deputy chiefs, assistant chiefs, and then the fire chief. So, so how old is a chief usually? I'd say main chief. Generally speaking, like late forties, mid to late forties plus. When does when does a firefighter retire? Uh, well, you can retire at fifty, but to get to maximize your retirement, you have to put thirty years in on the job. So, oh, do you like your chief? Uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> My battalion chief is awesome, uh-huh, uh-huh. but our actual fire chief, uh, it's just tough. Those guys are in a spot where they. Uh, you know, they're, they're basically politicians at that point. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they they got the city council to deal with. Their job is different. They're not firemen. Is there, is there, are there any chiefs that wind up in that position who never didn't go through all the steps of being a firefighter? Yes, there are definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like everything, right? So if, if you become a fireman and you work at busy fire stations your whole career, uh, you develop a certain, uh, certain amount of respect from your peers, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that guy's done it. He knows his job. He's dialed in. He's very good at it. And then there's guys who basically just promote and skip steps, don't put their time in, mm. and really just – it's just a different – Is it possible to get a chief position without even having worked in fire yeah. before? Well, not without having worked in fire, no. Uh-huh. You have to be a fireman. But you can be a fireman at a slow place and not study your craft, and you could be a shitty fireman basically and still promote because the promotional exam is – it's a test. You know, you could study for a test. You can't study for the job. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Either you're good at your job because you're doing it or you suck at it because you don't really care about your job that much. Do people, um, you know how you described yourself as bad news bearers, right? Yeah. Do other fire departments look at you guys like that? I would say definitely some people like, uh, I'll give you an example. I went to a class out in San Diego for urban search and rescue. It was like a trench rescue class, whatever. And uh, there was 15 of us on our department in this class. There was like 50 oh, 15 guys. Of, from your unit that were there. 15 yeah. from our fire department yeah. in this class of like 50 people, 40 uh, yeah. people. Well, one of the guys there was actually my captain 
Okay. But the first two days of class, there's no safety gear out. You're just in your regular civilian clothes. Well, we were giving each other a hard time in class and we were, you know, being kind of obnoxious, I suppose. And then the third day you put all your gear on and one of the guys like, that guy's your captain. I was like, uh, yeah, why? He's like, I can't believe you talked to him like that. I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, dude, I would be written up for speaking to my captain like that. So that's, it's a different culture for us. You know, for us, it's like, we're all just, uh, grown men on a team and we work together, but a lot of places it's very militaristic. So it's sir. Yes, sir. Sir. No, sir. Grab the wall. So your, your, your department's pretty just relaxed. It's a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. yeah. Our department is more focused around, uh, some of them are, some of them have to say, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. A lot of departments are that way. Like, uh, even if your friend promotes the captain the next day, when he shows up at the station, you have to be like captain so-and-so, you know, uh-huh. which so in our you, department be like, no, that's not going to fly. So you're a captain. You just call him Jim or whatever his name is, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just, yeah. Is he, you, you like him? He's My very, captain? Yeah. yeah. He's, I've been very fortunate. Uh, all the captains that I've worked for have been very, very good, good captains. So I've learned a lot from. Is there any, there's. Corruption in police departments mm-hmm. sometimes. Is there any kind of corruption in fire departments? And and, uh, and if not, not really. No, yeah. um, and if there was, how would that play out exactly? What you know, what kind of things could you know shady that, shady it's, firefighters it's get really, into? Yeah. There really isn't, to be honest. Has there ever it, been a firefighter who starts fires himself just to fight them? You know, there was. There was a guy actually really? that worked for Glendale Fire, uh, John Orr, I believe is his name, and he was wow. actually an arson. Guy. No kidding. His job was arson investigator, and the way they caught him was he was lighting fires Whoa, up. Oh, that's down crazy! Uh-huh. That, wait, wait. Okay, so he would start the fires in, so that he could put them out. Yeah. Wow. Well, he didn't actually put them out because he was not part of operations. He was an, an arson investigator, uh-huh. former fireman. You know, we have different things within the department: fire prevention. Wait, why was he starting these fires? Because he was. Yeah, I mean, just he, was an arsonist. He's just he was an arsonist. Crazy. Yeah, that was his job was arson, and he was an arsonist. Uh-huh. And the way they caught him was there was a conference up north in, in Northern California, and they noticed this pattern. Somebody finally noticed a pattern that every time they had a conference, fires would be lit all along that corridor and all the way back. So someone finally put it all together, and they caught him. He's in jail still today. Wow. So what I was asking is: Is there a guy? Is there any? Has you ever seen somebody who? starts fires so they could fight them because he they're bored or not bored or but they're i mean they're just they're just trying to challenge themselves i've never been across uh anyone like that but it does happen actually have you ever especially in the force it happens quite well actually have you ever done something to challenge yourself in a safe environment Mm -hmm. have you ever started a fire in order to practice putting it out oh we we have uh actual live burns that we do so we like we like we have a special building at our training center and we do live burns Mm -hmm. uh, on a regular basis how do you think our our live burns are actually better than some of our regular fires a lot of the time oh really okay yeah i mean we light them off pretty good you look forward to that Oh yeah, any fighting is that pretty fun to have the opportunity to start fires. It is awesome because uh, when you do actually do controlled burns like that, there's different positions where you can actually monitor the fire and watch the fire from like an outsider looking in and watch the crews coming in. So you can learn a lot. There's a lot of benefit to doing that. How how well do you think the media portrays firefighters? Horribly. So all movies. Good one. Um, (laughs) What what do do firefighters think of that movie Backdraft? It's kind. Of, it's funny. It's kind of a joke. I mean, it's not. 
it's not reality. You know what I mean? It's really not reality. I remember my mom calls me one day and she was watching that show, Chicago fire. And she's like, Oh, Victor, do you guys really have to saw people's arms off if they're trapped under something? I'm like, Oh yeah, we use it all, all the time. We saws all people's arms off. She's like, Oh my God. I'm like, mom, I'm joking. No, we don't cut people's arms off. We move the object. So I think the way that we're portrayed, we're, we're portrayed. People just don't realize the amount of stuff that we do and the amount of education and the level of training that we go through. Uh, like, like you guys earlier were just like, wait, you're a paramedic. I mean, people mm. don't understand. Like when you call 911, you get the fire department. It doesn't matter what the thing is or what the problem is. You know, it doesn't matter if it's an earthquake, a broken pipe in your house. Wait, when you get, you call 911, it goes to the fire department first. Well, technically it goes through CHP, I believe. But yeah, you get, when you call 911, you get the fire department and the police department. That's who it goes to. Both, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it varies a little bit depending on where in the United States you are, right? But here in California, uh, we got a pretty advanced system. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. People and call us for all kinds of stuff. I mean, are there any fire movies that get it right? Mm, I've never seen one that gets it right. <laughs> no. Was I mean, Dennis they do, they definitely portray. Actually, now that you mention that, he probably has the best uh, show I've ever seen on on being a fireman. Yeah. What was that called? Uh, it was on HBO. It was an hour-long documentary because Dennis Leary was actually a New York fireman. Mm. Oh, he was? He was. And he did a whole hour-long documentary uh, and went back to his old fire crew. And I would say that is the most on-point thing I've ever seen. Um, Steve Buscemi was a firefighter. Do you know who Steve, Bus- you know who Steve Buscemi, the actor? Uh, I'm not sure. He's uh, he's in the show Boardwalk Empire now. Okay. Uh, he's the yeah, star of that. I but I know him. He, um, if he's selling, the, he's, uh, he's kind of a the, look. You know, you'd see him. He looks like kind of like a scrawny yeah. guy or something, but he's actually. Uh, you know, the other one. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the documentary Burn. No. It's about the Detroit Fire Department. Mm. So Google it, Burn. Um, that actually is a very good snapshot into the fire service. It's actually just a really rad documentary about Detroit and everything that happened to it and how they deal with it as a city and as a department. When you're doing forest fire stuff, um, are you just, you're by yourself usually there or what? No, you're never by yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I go out on assignment by myself. Like, so I have some special qualifications from when I was a forest fireman. So they'll actually call me as a single resource to do certain jobs in the wildland environment. So you show up there as one person, but it's, it's, everything is a group. It's, it's all a team effort type thing. Mm -hmm. Was it, was that job kind of boring? No, not oh, at all. Okay, yeah. I mean, being a forest fireman, I loved it. I still love it. Um, you're lighting forests on fire. You're flying around in helicopters. You know, you're fighting fire with fire, which is pretty awesome. Wait, you know, how do you fight fire with fire? So you have to do burn operations. As a big fire is moving towards, like, let's say a community, uh, you actually have to you have to time everything perfectly, and the weather and everything has to be within certain parameters. But you actually will put fire on the ground around those houses and have the fire you light drawn into the main fire and that's how you set up a buffer so that that big forest fire doesn't just slam into the houses and burn them down so there's a whole what do you use to start that fire there's a bunch of different uh tools out there the uh fusees or like you know looks like a regular road flare we have drip torches that you actually mix two parts to one fuel with uh, diesel uh, and you just drop lines of fuel on the ground. They have heli torches, so these helicopters. I mean, there's a variety of different firing methods. Do you there's, ever have you an actual gun that you shoot? Fire gun? Yeah. Oh, shoots, like a flamethrower. It basically no. It actually shoots like a. Imagine lighting like you know those safe and sane fireworks on fire. It's like that. You you load it into the gun. You shoot it, and it'll fly 
50, 60 feet up mm. onto a mountainside. Have you ever been hypnotized by fire? <laughs> I've never been hypnotized by fire, no. <laughs> You've never been distracted? I love staring but at I, it, though. I, I can watch fire all day long. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Do you, you, you watch stare at candles and... Or like a little fireplace. Fire, I mean, fireplace. Do, doesn't everybody? I do. Yeah, well, kind, yeah sure. But I, mean, I mean, fire I, is is mesmerizing, and that I think that's part of the uh, that's part of the attraction to it. Do you I ever mean, watch fire videos? Yeah, all the time. Do you go online and just mm-hmm. watch a lot of fire stuff. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. pretty regularly. We use those for training. Um, uh-huh. But I mean, I mean, I think, what about I just think everybody's like, yeah. mesmerized by fire? Sure. You know? Maybe maybe firefighters more in maybe particular. More so. Maybe more so. Yeah, yeah, because we're thinking about it from a different perspective. But, yeah. yeah. Um, do you ever, are there any, um, really artistic guys on the, on your team? Artistic? Yeah. Uh, and do they ever do paintings of fire? And stuff? Yeah, we do. We have the fire service again. It's like literally a snapshot right. of society, right? Mm-hmm. So we have guys who actually do all of our designs. Every station has their own actual, uh, intricate design. And, and Oh, really? Yeah. We have guys that are plumbers, electricians, roofers. Uh, are there any firefighters, uh, that are nerds? Yes. There's so there's nerdy guys. Yeah, we got some nerdy fire. guys. Yeah. So are they still tough though? Some of them are, some of them aren't. So are there wimpy guys? Who's the smallest guy in your in on your in, in your department? Uh, the smallest guy is probably five foot three or four. What's he weighing? Five foot three or four? Yeah, he's What's a he weigh? Guy. Like one twenty or something? One, yeah, he's probably around that. Yeah, he's probably around that. What does he do? Well, he, he's he, a definitely he fights, a fox. No, right? he fights fire like the rest of us. I mean, again, you have to train to a certain level. If you can't train, yeah. if you can't physically accomplish that, you don't. You get fired basically. So, uh, I mean, he does the same thing we do. You know, it's uh, not about strength. It's not about strength always. I mean, there there's a certain amount of strength required, but once you've achieved that certain goal, the stronger you are, the easier it is. I would say, but. You know, you could either do it with finesse or with brute force. Every goal can be accomplished. It's all about what you have in your tool bag and how you do it, right? So if I'm going to go through that door, I can kick it down with my foot or I can pick the lock. What is, what is a backdraft exactly? A backdraft is basically, it doesn't happen as often out here because the houses here aren't really sealed up the way they are uh, in the cold areas, uh-huh. in the East Coast, Midwest and stuff. But it's essentially a fire will start and then it gets to a point where it turns into all uh, non-combusted materials. So all those particles of the smoke are basically little tiny particles of something that hasn't burned but is still flammable, if that makes sense. I'm sorry, sense. okay. So can you say that one more time, actually? So smoke itself, the reason you can see it is because as something burns, uh, the heat and everything is actually carrying tiny little particles mm-hmm. of unburned product, right? Mm-hmm. So you okay. with me so far? Unburned product. Okay. Unburned product. So uh, That's the, what smoke is. That's what smoke it's, is. It's heat-carrying... Particles of wood and Correct. stuff or whatever. Exactly. Wow, okay. So, I never thought of it that way, but that's that makes sense. Is that that or what? Uh, yeah. yeah well, that's, can, well, that's why yeah. because we get, that's why we get cancer because of all the synthetics and stuff. And, right. Oh, right. So the synthetic material that's in the smoke. Sure. And it's exactly. super breathable. Okay. Hydrogen, so this cyanide, is all, all kinds un- of stuff. Th- yeah. That's all particles of unburned material. I, Correct. I, I didn't even realize yeah. that about smoke, that that's what that is. Right. That so, it's, okay, go on. So yeah. if you put a fire in a room, right, and it's got some material to burn, well, it gets to a point where it actually will run out of oxygen but it's still so hot that that material is still actually, uh, it's still burning, but it's not actively burning by flame, if that makes sense. Um, okay, because of the heat. So Correct. It's you, so hot. If it's 600 degrees in here, well, then this table is going to continue to kind of so burn it's, itself out. It's the, uh, because the fire needs oxygen. Correct. To, to stay alive. Correct. So and this is a situation where there's no oxygen left. So the fire is out. 
but the heat is on. Correct. And so it's the, like an oven or something. It's exactly right. Yeah. And then imagine all those unburned particles are now completely banked and compressed into this little room. So when you have that situation and you open up a door, as soon as you introduce oxygen, it's an, it's an actual explosion. Oh. Because it's compressed in this room. So as soon as it gets the oxygen, it sucks the oxygen in so fast it actually explodes out of the room. Wow. So it's almost kind of, I mean, in a kind of reverse almost way, when you turn a gas oven on mm-hmm. and you have to light it yourself or whatever. Right. It's almost That's kind exactly of like that. Doing. Yeah, yep. right. You're lighting it with the oxygen, though. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And it's already, it's I've, hot enough to ignite. The only thing missing was the oxygen. So once yeah. you introduce it, it's... It's explosive. It literally is an explosion. I never thought of the smoke that it, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. It's just particles. For some reason, I always thought of it as some sort of product of the of the fire. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is like so a byproduct. If you look at like a campfire, for example, right? There's a little bit of smoke that comes out of it, but generally speaking, it's a free burning fire. The oxygen is coming in the bottom, and then some of those particles are coming off. But if you put that same campfire in a room then all that smoke's going to bank down and it'll remove the oxygen. So, mm-hmm. Have you ever had a backdraft situation? I have not, no. Mm-hmm. I hope I never do. Those are, are those, I mean, there's, there's, is that the worst thing that could happen in a f- situation? Uh, I mean, it's not. Any variety of things that, that can happen in a fire falling down. I mean, is that is that one of fire's most, or fire situation is most dangerous, is that, a backdraft? A backdraft, a flashover. What's a flashover? Uh, a flashover is... So you take that same fire and you put it in a room. There is a path for oxygen to come in, but inevitably the fire is going to move faster than it can pull oxygen in, right? So as that smoke and heat starts to bank down into a room, it's literally like a ceiling. Like you could put your head to the floor and look straight across the room, but if you go up two feet, you can't see anything because it's banked down. It's all stratified in the uh, environment there. Well, a flashover is when that entire area above you ignites simultaneously. Just in one shot, everything just lights off at the same time. And all fires actually burn that way. So just, a small fire in any environment, enclosed environment, will start off as a small fire, and then it'll actually build itself up. The smoke and the heat will start to bank down, and eventually the fire will spontaneously ignite across the entire room or the so entire just, area. You just, it, the fire just fills the room. Pretty much in one shot, like wow. the entire ceiling of smoke just ignites at wow. one time. Yeah. Do you think fire is just so crazy? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, I uh, find it fascinating. Yeah. Uh, part of fighting fire is actually knowing uh, at what level that room is at. And you have to obviously, if you reach flashover and you're in that room, your chances of surviving are very small. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the deal, right? Is you have to go on and put the fire out before you reach flashover. Yeah. Let me just hit you with a Yeah, please. Yeah, go go, like, go for a bunch of them. You ever have any nightmares about this kind of thing? Nightmares? Oh, that's a good about I have nightmares about cockroaches. Oh, do you really? Do you have uh, cockroaches? No, but uh, <laughs> a lot of the houses we go into are filled with them. I had oh, really? about a two-inch cockroach stuck in my turnouts once during a little fire. Stuck in your what? In my turnouts. Like it was crawling around. What's a turnout? Turnouts are the gear that you see us wear. Oh, okay. That's yeah, what we yeah. were into the fire. Is there it was crawled a, up in it? There, it was in there? Yeah, it crawled all the way up and onto my arm, so I kind of lost it. was inside. It was. It, it would crawl up your leg or something yep, like that? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. horrific, huh? Ever since then, I can't stand cockroaches. Oh, wow. But we go, we go on calls all the time. Obviously, in a lower-income area, uh, you go into houses where there's cockroaches, and they're pretty disgusting houses. Are they just all know? over the houses? Everywhere. Hundreds and wow. hundreds and hundreds oh. of them. Crawling all over the people you're going on everything else. Oh. Aren't your suits kind of... Um, 
what are they called? Turnouts? Yeah, they're, Turnouts. Are they kind of insulated in a way where... There's insulation, but... I mean, the bugs can get in there still. Oh, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, a lot of the places we go to, people that are unhealthy and people who have fires tend to be a lot of pack rat conditions. Yeah. So right. a pack rat house obviously has a much do higher likelihood. Do you see just gross stuff at the these time. houses? All the time. And do you see just poo and stuff everywhere? All the time. Really? All wow. the time. Yeah. On a regular basis. You uh-huh. know? Have you ever been to a rat infested house and stuff? Many, many times. Uh-huh. What about raccoon infested? Not raccoon. <laughs> I've <laughs> had raccoon issues in my own house, but. Uh-huh. Do you ever have, do you, so you haven't had nightmares about fire though? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I've actually had a lot of uh, dreams about fire, like fighting fire in my dreams. Yeah. I can't say I've ever actually had a nightmare where I got stuck burning or something like or that. Or have you ever had a dream that fire was a monster or something? There was a fire no, monster or something like that. Like that. Every fire, <laughs> a fire dream, every dream a fire I've dream. ever had was me actually fighting fire with my buddies, you know? That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, what, do you smoke cigarettes? No, I used to. Do Not you? anymore. Do you, are I cigarettes? Know, just thinking it must. You get a light of little mini fire every time. Most cities make you sign a smoking policy, so most firemen. I mean, nowadays the fire service has transitioned to an extremely healthy deal. Is it you we, know, a lot yeah, of CrossFit? Yeah. We eat a lot healthier than we used to, and the whole thing. You know, Do, I mean, is it weird to breathe? You know, smoke cigarette smoke, knowing you, knowing what smoke is all about, and 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 you know, fires are all about. Is it? No, I mean, didn't, I mean, didn't, doesn't that make it easy for firefighters to not smoke or? No, I don't know. I mean, being a fireman, you're I guess you're breathing that stuff in yeah, anyway. Right? I, I, so. Some guys look at it the opposite way. Like, right. what does it even matter if I smoke? Right, right. If I fight fire, that's so true. That's true. What does it matter? You know. Right. And, and um, we have oh. a lot of guys that that uh, get cancer at a very uh, young age. Oh yeah, we've had uh, quite a few. But guys. that's because of the the fire smoke from the not and, from cigarettes. And it's worse now because of all the synthetic materials in our you know couches and all that stuff. So right. So that <clears> makes fire. Oh wow. So that makes fires a lot worse. Yeah. Of the I mean, stuff. Uh, a synthetic couch. Uh, it actually produces hydrogen cyanide. You know, it's uh-huh. yeah. We've got monitors, gas monitors, and stuff. Is there any? Are there thing, any but, activist firefighters who want to change the way that uh, you know household products are made? <clears throat> uh, this, you know, not way? really. I mean, business is business. Money is money. We're not going to change our product. The the I'd say the activism part of it is more focused around getting uh, firefighters cancer coverage because a lot mm-hmm. of cities, firemen will come down with cancer 25, 30 years into their career or afterwards, and cities don't want to pay for it. And the bottom line is we're getting cancer because of the job that we do. Yeah, Even with masks on and stuff. It doesn't matter yeah. because, mm-hmm. again, those uh, incomplete products of combustion, even after the fire's out and you're doing overhaul, you know, um, it's still you're still breathing that stuff in. So mm-hmm. you go to a car fire, I mean, it's you're still breathing the smoke at some point, you know? Yeah. And uh, is there anything else you use besides water to put out fire? Uh, we use foam as well. Oh, foam? What's mm-hmm. that looking like? Uh, it's like an Ibiza foam party? It, it basically just allows the water to penetrate. It could be. <laughs> uh, different types of fires require different types. You know, we have What's a, the consistency we have a, of the foam? Is, is it depends. Oh. Uh, we have different forms of application, so we can actually make it. Like an Ibiza party, you know, four feet of real thick foam, or you can actually, it's just like an agent added into the water. Oh, uh, when we fight water. fire, it's water, but in the overhaul process afterwards or in flammable liquid fires. So if you have like a tank farm that lights off, you actually put a blanket of foam on it to put it out because you have to seal it off. Do you, Is there any kind of way to put out a fire with like a fan or something? 
uh, a fan. I know that will spread it probably, but a uh, fan's not good for fire. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you add more oxygen, equals a bigger fire. Yeah. I'm thinking about a dust of some sort. A what? A dust. A dust. A dust is going to be flammable. I no. think. Right. Well, well they have. Uh, we have. Dust. We have some certain. You know, different types of fire extinguishers. There are specific chemicals designed to smother oh, yeah. certain types of fires. So, what are those? What are? What is in the fire extinguisher? It depends on the kind of extinguisher. One of them is halon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's some of them. The agents do different things. So one extinguisher actually just cuts off oxygen from the environment. Another one forms a coating over the fire, so it actually does the same thing, cuts off the oxygen. And then one of them is just water with a little bit of foam added to it. Yeah, how come there's not giant fire extinguishers? How come they don't? Yeah, like well, like gigantic ones. Yeah, that's what we are. <laughs> I guess so. Are there any guys? Your your group is really tight, right? Really tight. Yeah. Are there any guys who are kind of do their own thing? They don't really fit in as much, or uh, I mean, some stations have those guys, but for, and I mean, does that not does that kind of not work for when you guys are working? No. Know, like? Well, generally speaking, uh, each crew you, you kind of gravitate towards the other. Uh, firemen that are kind of like you personality wise. That's why you've got certain houses that are like animal houses where it's just a bunch of dudes who are Is it like me- dirty, messy in these places. No, we keep it super clean. Uh-huh. Man. We, I mean, it, we're very organized. Everything has a place. Like part of your morning thing is you clean the whole fire station. We mow our own lawns. We do a, clean our stove once a week. Is anyone on, all... on, is everyone pretty much on the same schedule yep. or, okay. So there's no, no one's just sort of uh, just has a reverse clock no. or something, and then they're kind of mm-hmm. up at the wrong hours. And stuff. No, no, everyone's pretty much on the same schedule. Anybody sneak booze? No. no. Good. <laughs> no, that's definitely not. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, it, that goes right back to, like, women in the fire service, all those old days of partying and stuff. It's, yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're extremely professional How often do, do, does fire, do firefighters have to be drug tested? stuff uh well that depends on your department like our department if you crash a vehicle then you get tested but there's no like random testing for us but if you get an accident then you get tested mm-hmm. all right well any uh last final thoughts on what you ha- what do you eat for breakfast <laughs> what did i have for breakfast this morning or like most days at the at the office three hard boiled eggs with what by themselves just straight up that's because no i'm getting nothing? older though i'm trying to lose weight oh really <laughs> Are you the strongest you've ever been right now? No. no. You used to be stronger? Yeah, for sure. Why? I'm getting older. It's getting harder to stay in shape. I mean, we're plagued with injuries. It's constant. You know, like, I t- you know, you guys mentioned right. being a, a basically a professional athlete. We work out every day. We Our job is physically demanding, and that comes with injuries. So it's a constant. The older you get, it's just an elbow's off, a knee is off. Something's always, you know, mm-hmm. hindering you at some point. Do people take supplements? Yeah. What about, like, illegal ones like steroids or no none of that stuff no. <laughs> just maybe like i like imagine vitamins. i imagine someone somewhere has i i think the biggest thing with the fire department which which is really what makes it different than every other job or career is ultimately at the end of the day we're probably the only group of people who on your worst day of your life you trust us to come into your house right and be around your family uh, whatever's in your house and everything else. So the amount, pretty much the only thing that is absolutely not okay is dishonesty. Right. So I think that's why in general firemen, uh, there's no, there is no, not, not even the cops, even the cops, they show up to help you. People don't tr- society does not trust police officers, you know? So our number one thing as firefighters is to continually keep the public and us having that relationship where they trust us a hundred percent, no matter what, you know? 
I'm going to walk into your house on the worst day of your life. That's when you're going to see me. So I need to make sure that you trust me. What, one last thing. What is the, what's, what's the most outrageous thing you've seen? I mean, like that was outrageous. Yeah. Like similar to the handcuff thing. What's the, uh, mo- what was the most outrageous like thing? It wasn't even a fire situation. It was like a medical uh, call. It was or- the middle of winter and a guy broke into uh, a bunch of stables that we have in our area. And he rolled around in horse shit, rubbed it all over himself, and then shoved his entire arm up a horse's ass. <laughs> Wait, and who made the call for that? Like, what? How did that Somebody happen? saw him. <laughs> My God! And uh, so they called you and said, "Hey, we got this guy over here. He's rolling around in Pretty horse much. poo." And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And so, what did you guys think when you got the call? I mean, we see all kinds of weird things. So. Were you, what did you guys think? Okay, guys, let's go. You know, I mean, what was the yeah. attitude? Were you guys, were, were, was the attitude more reluctant uh, or you, was it reluctant? Were you kind of excited? Okay, let's check this out. A little out, bit of both, know? a little bit of both. <laughs> but it's more like, oh, shit, who's going to, man, I really hope this guy comes with no problems. You know what I mean? Because nobody wants to tackle a naked guy with shit all over him. So luckily it wasn't and, an and issue. And what do you, did you use the hose on him? No. <laughs> You just wrap them up like a burrito in plastic blankets and throw them on the rig, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I think he, he needs a blast probably. Definitely. You take him back to the station, <laughs> blast, him, blast him with a hose, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, put it up there. Was huh? he? What happened? Was he easy to deal with? Uh, yeah, he's just obviously uh, had some mental issues. So and You just wrapped him up? Yeah, put him in the ambulance. Are people kind of being a little... Uh, distant about the way they were wrapping him up. They're kind oh, of yeah. just throwing the blanket on him. Well, that's when, uh, you know, the the that you goes s- back to you seniority, send the, right? You send the young guys the to do it. Guy. Oh, yeah. When you're the rookie, you take the worst job oh, every goodness. single time, yeah. right? When it comes to scrubbing toilets or dealing with that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. as you promote and you're longer on the job, hey, get in there. And right? Was the horse okay afterwards? I don't think the horse noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look. Thanks so much for uh, yeah. for coming over no and um, and uh, doing this. Yeah, we really appreciate yeah, it. My yeah. pleasure. And um, yeah, thanks so much. All right, guys. Yeah, thanks. Our guest has been Victor. Thank you to Donnie Devonian for being here as usual. Thanks. Our engineer is Ari Manis. Our associate producer is Elizabeth Messick. My name is Brent Weinbach. The name of the program is Pointed Questions. Thank you for listening. <laughs>